So good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's about um, 7.30 p.m. Um, on the day of the recording. Um, welcome once again to Value Nigeria podcast. It's a podcast where we describe and discuss strategies that we believe can help improve the investing practice, even of the retail average retail investor um, who listens to the podcast. Um, hope it's been a good week. It's been a, a topsy-turvy week in the Nigerian market. Lots of ups and downs, but I just hope everybody is keeping safe and, you know, still investing profitably despite everything. Um, in the same vein of what we've been doing for quite a while, I have a guest on the show this evening. Um, my guest is a finance professional. She's a CFA charter holder. So obviously, somebody she's somebody that knows her onions when it comes to investing, and it's a huge privilege to have her on the show um, this today. Um, for her previous experience, she's had a thirteen year stint or uh, thirteen year work experience with a tier one bank in Nigeria, and she desired a change and transition from the background of um, banking even into one where she works with the WSTC Financial Services uh, Limited. And um, she's also the author of a book called The Debt Code. Uh, believe me, you don't want to miss our conversation. It promises to be a very, very exciting time today. My guest on the podcast today is Mrs. Ololade Olanyoju. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast this evening, ma. Thank you so much, Dr. Olo. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Okay. Happy to be here. It's, it's a pleasure. The pleasure is all ours. Our conversation has been smooth. Um, I remember the first time I sent you a message. It's been just very, very um, cordial and very responsive conversation. Thank you very, very much for, for um, you know, replying our messages out of the blue. All right. <laughs> You're so, welcome, sir. <laughs> you just want to introduce yourself, um, maybe just tell the listeners of the podcast a little bit about your personal background, professional background, and um, your academic background as well. Okay, oh, you've already introduced me, but well, okay, let me just uh, go through it again. So I'll say, let me start by saying, my name is Mrs. Olola de Olayonju. Uh, I'm the first child of my parents. Uh, I have four siblings, and I was born and raised in my hometown, Abekuta, in the state. And that's where I had my primary and secondary education, after which I proceeded to have my BSc in Demography and Social Statistics from Mbatemi Awolo University, Ileife. While I was in school, I was the uh, um, vice president of my departmental association, and that's where I developed my leadership and communication skills. Um, as you said, I'm a CFA charter holder, and that makes me a certified financial analyst. And presently, also, I'm also an authorized link clerk on the Nigerian Stock Exchange. So, and um, I'm a member of the CFA Society in Nigeria, and also a member of the Chartered Institute of Stockbrokers. Presently, I'm a private wealth manager in one of the leading boutique investment firms in Nigeria, WSCC Financial Services Limited. What else, what else do you want to know about me? Okay, let me say, I love cycling. I love watching movies. One of my super times I do often. Thank you very much for bringing up cycling. Uh, in, as part of my research of, you know, so for this conversation, I, I saw pictures of yourself, you know, a cycling expedition and all. How did you get this um or how did this passion or this um hobby of cycling how did you develop it and what were the challenges because it's not a conventional it's not something conventional for our part of the world oh yeah true so um so for the cycling part you know when i when i go out in the morning i see 
the peloton. That's people, a group of people cycling on the road, on the on the on main road, Port Milan Bridge, and it kind of excites me. I I never been on the bicycle before, so when I see them, Molly's like, wow, it's like they're in part of another part of the world. Like, ha, look at these people living the life of the rich and famous, you know that kind of a thing. So during the COVID period, I saw a friend that my very good my, my very good friend. I saw her cycling. I'm like, ah. When did you start learning? When did you start cycling? Like, I learned it. I got a coach and I learned it. Like, wow, if you can do it, then I can do it. So, get, give me the contact of your coach. Give me the contact of, my, of the coach. I bought a bicycle, bought my helmet, bought my jersey, my shorts. And I started learning. And that's it. And I loved it. As in, I love being on a bicycle. I, the feeling is exhilarating. You can't imagine. And I tell people one thing. You can't be sad on a bicycle. When I have things that I need in my mind, or things I need to walk through, all I just need to be to be on the bicycle. And as I get a fresh breeze on my face. The ideas come, the solutions come. But basically, it's, it's another experience on its own. I, I don't know. I don't know how to experience it. You have to be in it to experience it. <laughs> so that's it. I learned it during the COVID year 2020. And um, since then, it's been a good one for me. Oh, th- thank you for sharing that personal experience. And um, as a doctor, yes, I can certainly certify or verify that um, information that you have just shared and that's physical exercise in whatever capacity in whatever way you, you you find expression for it be it cycling swimming running walking they all serve to really really improve our health and our mental health so i encourage everybody to go yeah. out there and you know find their own expression of physical activity and just make the most of it no Taking a, a deeper yeah. look at your at your professional background, um, you've sp- you spent thirteen years in, in a tier one bank uh, in Nigeria, and all of a sudden there was this. Let me not say all of a sudden, but there was this switch that you made from banking even into money management or into core finance. Kind of, what was that transition like for you? What's what sparked that move, and how how has the transition been? So. I, I, I made a switch for different reasons, right? But the most important one for me is that I wanted to do something that would add value to people's life, right? Based on my past experience and my knowledge. When I made that switch, I was already doing my CFA. I was already doing my CFA exam, so I've acquired some knowledge on, on finance, on investments, investment vehicles. So I wanted to add value to people's lives. And I couldn't really do that where I was working before because my function, core function there was not really finance related. So the best way to do that for me, to achieve my goals, to add value to people's life, is to enter into the investment sector proper. And that's what I did. I resigned, took some time off, job, off my job, I had a career break, tried to tell about my life, what, my, what are my plans, what are my short-term plans, what are my long-term plans, what are the things I want to achieve in this, in this sector. When I, I got those, that, when, I, when I got those down, then I, I, I made the move. I got a job in the, of course, in an invest, in um, investment and bank. Why would I join? I joined the investment and sector proper. One, you know, for me, when, I, when you're in the investment sector, you can join the community. It's easy for you to go, easy for you to thrive. And as a finance professional, you need people around you to learn. You know that that there are new information every day. You need to update yourself. It's easy for you to do that when you're in the, in the investment sector proper. And also, one of the things I, ha- I had in mind to do was to promote financial literacy, which is not very um, one part of the, in the part of the world, right? People don't really know much about finance or investment. You know, what people know now is put their money save in the save their money and keep it in the bank. And you know, you can't grow like that. You can't be wealthy like that. So I thought that if I move 
from the banking sector into the finance sector proper. I can promote financial literacy among the people in my circle of influence. Right. So that's basically the reason why I moved from the banking sector to the investment sector. I would say the switch wasn't that easy. This is it wasn't that easy. But it's fulfilling for me. It's fulfilling. That's all I can say. Perfect. Thank thank you very much, Ma. Uh now you've seen both sides of the coin kind of. So you've been on the banking side, you've seen what how much the average um or let me say you've seen what's the average account of the average Nigerian holds which is almost pennies. Mm-hmm. And you've you've also transitioned mm-hmm. to the other side now where you're managing wealth and you know seeing how people grow their wealth. Looking at both sides of yeah. the divide what do you think is the is the are the biggest problems that the average Nigerians face in their transition from from having pennies into their accounts to be able to build wealth of you know having millions and billions? Mm. Wow, I'll say um, two things basically. Two things basically. I've mentioned one challenges. I've mentioned one which is financial literacy, right? It's only lack in this part of the world. I mean, you see people right that end very well. They don't know what to do with their money. They don't know where to invest. They don't know what to invest. You know, they don't even have, they don't even have access. They don't even know the investment vehicles that, that is um available to them. That's, I, I remember that when I joined them, um, when I changed my job and I, I was talking to my friends, I'm not an investment, I'm not that. You know, of course, I've had my CFA. Everybody, my friends knew my story. And I told my friend, okay, so, and I told, we just started talking. I'm like, okay, what do you do? What, what do you do with your money? Like, what do I do? Nothing, my money is in the bank. Like, what? Like, this is a friend, he, 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 I won't call him, or I won't call the person, a super rich person, but this person that is doing well. I'm like, your money is in the bank. Like, yes, oh, like, where will, he keep, where will he keep his money? Like, the apprentices can keep your money. Your money, can't do, your money cannot go in the bank. Like, yeah, really, so what can I do with my money? Like, I mentioned, okay, you can start investing in equity. Like, equity, what is equity? I look at this, a graduate. He's not actually, this person is well exposed. Like, what is equity? Like, okay, this is it. Can do this. You can do fixed income. You can buy this. You can do. Uh, I'm like, oh, really? I never knew about this. You need to call his wife. You should have a meeting, you know. And it's that one is just it's not one of it's common among people that I know, right? Even people that uh that know that want their money to go, right? They don't know what diversification is. Or they know that okay, I have money. I want to invest, and maybe they hear let's invest in this this um invest in this this type of investment. And they put all their funds into that investment, right? Or my friend is doing this, and they put all their money in what their friend is doing. They don't know that, okay, let me put a portion of my money in this, put a portion of my money in that, you know? So I'll just say in this part of the world, one of the challenges of people, average Nigerians facing, one of the challenges an average Nigerian will face, or is facing right now, is not having, not um, equipped with financial knowledge. That's number one. And number two, I would say also, our, our minds have been pre-programmed. Let me use the word pre-programmed mindset, right? About wealth. You know, it is talk to people to hear what people believe about money. Let me give an example, a personal experience, an example. Um, I was raised to believe that holiness and money does not go together. Like it can be holy and be wealthy. And this verse, the kids, they keep on telling us, this, telling me this when I was young, that it's easy for the camel to go to the eye of, eye of the needle. And for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I have had that mindset for a long time that, okay, you, want, you really want to be rich, you can't make everyone. And until I grew up, I'm like, wait, 
this can't be right. I say, I, I personally read the story of Abraham in the Bible. I read it as like, I studied it. Like Abraham was a wealthy man and he was a friend of God. Even though he was the richest man in the East and God could brag about him. So why can't I have money and also fear God and also be a Christian? And that's when that um, mentality was broken. There are some people like that that are still out there that believe that if you're rich, you can't you can make heaven. Or uh, the difference, but if, if I start, I will not permit it. I've heard so many things about the world. And these things are limiting most of us, right? And we need to be able to break out of it for us to you know, achieve or plan better, plan better our, our finance or, or build our wealth. Some want to build wealth, but their beliefs is limiting them. Right, so that's another thing that uh, that's a challenge on average Nigerian. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so so much. You you have touched on two very major issues. That's the lack of financial literacy, and then the the the, the fact that there are a lot of um, mentalities or wrong thinkings that are limiting people even in their in their journey to build wealth. Yeah. You've mentioned that you are very passionate about financial education, and I, I wasn't surprised. So I'm not. It's not surprising to hear that you've written a book. Um, however, what might be a little bit different is the title of the book or the subject that that book is addressing, which is debt. The, the book is titled "The Debt Code." Um, can Can you tell us why you decided to write of of all the areas in finance, of all the niche areas? Why was it depth that you felt your book needed to address? Is there a backstory to this? Can you just let us in on that? Oh, yes, yes. The book, the book I wrote, The Death Code, it's a, it's a book that documents my past experience, right? I've been debted before. And not just only my story, there are some other people's stories that are in the book. All of us have been indebted before, and we're now free from debt. And it kind of, um, so I see the book as a guide, as a guide to people, right? So like when we, because I've been in the banking sector for, 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 a while, for a long time. So I see people's lifestyle. I see people, I've seen people coming under me, new, new entry levels, um, new hires, and I've seen their way of life. I've seen people toe that line, you know, of getting indebted, indebted. Right, and I, I, I always share my story. This, I've been, like, I've been, I've been your show before. This, this is the hand. This, the hand will be good. This is how it don't look like, you know. I'm talking about seeing maybe one of your team member that hands, let me just say, two hundred k, and it's you see her rocking an iPhone that is way again above her salary, or rocking bone straight hair. Those are things I've done in the past. Like you go borrow to fund your lifestyle. So I tend to like tell people my story just to show them that this is not the way to go. And I think that um, writing the book will help me reach, uh, uh, reach, uh, will help me reach um, a wider audience. Right as I, I I wrote the book and I documented my story, how I became indebted and how I, how I got out of it. So I would say the death code is a guide to debt-free life. You know, you talk people who are indebted to retrace their steps. Right? And for people that want to venture down that lane, that I want to borrow money. Yeah, I won't say there's bad, there's good bed as bad debt. But people say, okay, I want to borrow money to do this. You're going through that, you're going through, through you're going on that journey armed with, armed with knowledge. So that's why I wrote that book. That if you want to borrow, these are the things you should, you should have, you should, the checklist you should take before going to get that loan, right? 
that I wrote that book, just like a guide for people. Uh, now, somebody, somebody listening might be thinking that, well, in our part of the world, de- debt is not really something that is so, so, so huge. Unlike in developed countries where almost everything is funded with debt. Your car is on debt, your house is on mortgage, your, your education is even on student loan. So somebody else, somebody might be saying, well, Nigeria, it's not so bad in Nigeria. But I know there are a lot of fintechs, a lot of loan apps, loan sharks that are coming up daily. We see all manner of text text messages every day. This person, your friend is owing us money. You know, it, it, it seems to be building. Now, can you just tell, you, you've talked about good debts and bad debts. Can you just share with us some of the advantages that we might get from going into debts and the pitfalls that we should be aware of, like the disadvantages of debts, just like um, check and balances, as you have said. Okay, so the advantages of going to debt. Well, I, I, I mentioned some. In, in, well, I think I mentioned the, one of the points in my book. That one, that one, two things. That I, I mentioned two things. One of the advantages of debt. The first one, when I was, I use my experience. When I was in debt today, right, right. Of course, I was living. I, I, I was earning money, but I wasn't. Until I was going, getting home with getting home with me, you know, and um, I would get my salary and. There's nothing that comes to me. I need to pay all my outstanding, right? Yeah. After I after I um, finish paying down all my loan, right? It kind of kind of reset reset my my brain, right? So when you're indebted and you're out of it, it can help you. It was even one of the things that motivated me to learn about to 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 learn about money. Mm-hmm. You know, say ah, money is a spirit. Money is not under the mindset also. Money is not a spirit. It's not a spirit. It's something you can learn. It's something you can. Is is You can learn so much about how to how to harness your funds, how to make it work for you. You know, it was that experience that gave me that um, that courage. So let me CFA. It's about when I want to do something about finance, and I I, I eventually to CFA. I started writing this. I'm like, let me learn about investment. How can I make my money work for me? It's from the experience. So, uh, it, it, so um, it's us learning from our from our um, from our experience. Right, taking something positive out of what happened to her. Right. Also, um, I will also say for companies, people that, companies that borrow, I always tell most people don't know. Say, ah, like company borrow, company borrow. Companies borrow. When you pay interest on the loan you take, right, it's a tax shield for you to reduce your taxable income. So some people borrow, companies borrow, it's, it's, a, it's a plus to them when they borrow. Right. They're going to pay back from their, from their, from the money they make. I'm going to reduce taxes they'll pay the government from, because you have to take away your interest before you, before you talk about your profit. So those are the, those are the advantages I know about being indebted. The advantage I would say is one for let me say for an average individual, average Nigeria, is that if you um, with the rise of this um, fintech and loan apps and everything, it can make you get trapped in the debt cycle, right? So you are earning. So, so amount on a monthly basis. Of course, for you to borrow, that money is not enough for you, and you borrow, right? And when the next payday comes, you have to pay back, right? Because if your your income already is not enough for you, and you've paid that out of your income already. You need to take another loan to make up for that lack, right? So it can it can lock one in the credit cycle in a debt cycle if you're not careful. That's not the of of, of, um, of having um of being indebted. I mean, the word of being indebted. Right, and uh, I would say that is um, for people that take loan, right, for consumables, 
if you are taking loan, right, to do something to acquire an asset, you know, to fund um, an asset, the money you make from an asset can pay back your interest. So there's no downside. But for people that are taking money, taking loan or borrowing to fund a consumable, but taking loan to travel, are taking loan to buy things that will not that don't give you any that don't give you any return, you know, that don't adding value to you. You taking a, taking a loan to do a party to throw a party, yeah. You, because if you you will be shocked. People borrow money to do party party for their children. You get yeah. so those are the people that have that issue. But for you taking loan, right, to do something positive to invest to acquire an asset, maybe. But for people that are taking loan to fund their consumables, then it could lock them in the in the debt cycle. Perfect, perfect. Now, um, somebody listening to this might might actually be in the shoes you were in the past before before you made a U-turn, which is be neck deep in debt. Um, I know obviously the best thing will be for them to buy your book and you know read through and just learn from your experience. But if you could just share one or two things, how can somebody who is in a lot of debt at pre- present work? And you know, get out of debt. Mm. <laughs> well, it it it's only an easy journey, but a doable journey. Yeah. If somebody is really negative in debt, you know, it's only an easy journey, but doable. So no matter how bad the debt can be, it can come out of it. At least tell people. So the first thing first, right? I would say is for the person to accept his current situation. If you're still playing the you're still blaming someone else for your predicament. It might not be that easy then. But when you're, when you take, um, when you're, when you accept your situation and say, okay, this is my situation. This is how much I'm owing. Let's leave how you got there. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter now. But you accept that you are owing, right? And you need to pay that money. You accepting your square situation will help you move from there. And it will help, it will open your mind, right? And your mind will help you, it will aid you in looking for ways out of it. So for you, for, for, for people that are next in, deep in debt now, they have to first accept that current situation. Once they accept that current situation, their mind will help them and look for ways, right, to get out of the debt, right? It will also make adjustments or the lifestyle adjustment easy. So for someone, I say, for another thing you need to do is budgeting. You have to plan your income before it gets to your hand. You don't start planning your money when you, when you receive your salary, no. As your money is coming, your, it might not be salary, it might be your, your business person, it might, be, it might be your income, you know, money you make. Before that money comes to your account, to plan it, how much am I owing, how much am I supposed to make payment, pay, to put it out. What's my autonomous income? Those things that you, you, know, you know that there's nothing you can do, you have to eat, you have to do it. There's some things that you know is, is basic, you have to do it. You plan for it. How much is left? Right? Or if you don't have anything left again, but... For whatever money comes to your account, you have to plan it before it comes to your account. That's budgeting. You don't start planning after spending. I'm writing down. Some people do reverse budgeting. Mm-hmm. If I spend the money, then I start calculating. What did I do with the money? Okay, I pay social stamps so I pay stamps so I bought this and this. And then by the time you even know what is happening, you don't even know what, you, what you've used your money to do. Mm-hmm. Budgeting helps you to cut back on some frivolous spending, which you don't need right now. Right? And another thing that I would say that I did then, is um one I have to reduce my lifestyle lifestyle spending. If you love going out with your friends, all those spending you don't need to anymore. You know, lifestyle passing or all those things, those things that you don't need, just cut it out, right? And if possible, I would say you increase your your income. How do you increase your income? If you're a nine to five person, you can look for a side also. People do Uber Uber weekends. 
right? It's very crying. Friday night, the, the night the, the city comes alive. You do your Uber, use your car to do Uber. Instead of you going home to sleep, you need to look for ways to increase your income, right? There's so many things, so many people, I know people that do 9 to 5 and sell many things on Instagram, right? Is that side also. People sell perfumes, different things, you know, just to make sure that their income is being augmented. Okay, so that's basically what I would tell you to do. And also, what is also common as part of the world, all of us, we, 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 we survive with our friends. Let's look at your circle of friends, right? Is that the ones that are aiding your natal lifestyle? You need to eat out of that circle. You know, you know you're, you're owing. And there's actually a bit of 100K. And they're telling you to buy. Say, I don't have money. Say, ah, you don't have money. Come on, buy it, Joe. What is the big deal there? You'll not be the odd one out. What kind of advice you need at this, at, this time, at this point in time? You do that, I'll tell you that. You don't, you don't buy it. Do that, I'll tell you the truth. Don't buy that, actually. Be where what you have and let's go rock the party. So, that's the kind of friends you need now. Any, any kind of friend that's aiding your, your indebted lifestyle should not be in your life, right? So, that was basic things I'll tell you to. The quick fixes like I'll, I'll tell you to, that I can tell such person to do right now. Look at your, accept your, your current situation. Start budgeting is key. Reduce your lifestyle spending. Increase your income if possible. And look at the circle of friends. Those five, those, those areas are very key. You need to deal with that first. And of course, there are other things that, that's in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so, 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 so much for even sharing as much as you did. Um, those, those are very, very painful steps that um, people need to take. Um, it, it's not easy, but it's what, it's what the pain at the end of the day when you're out of debt and, you know, now living a comfortable life. Now, I, I would just like to ask as we begin to wind down the conversation gradually, uh, what has been your biggest takeaway even from the world of core finance, the world of wealth management? If, if you were to summarize all that you have learned so far into a few lessons, what have been the most important things that you've learned in this industry? What I've learned, I've opened my eyes, I've, I've opened my eyes like, oh, this is it is. Okay, I would say, number one that I've, noticed, that I've learned is that wealth is not built in a day, mm. but it's gotten by luck. Right? Yeah. Wealth is not built in a day, what is not gotten by luck. It's only in African Magic Yoruba or Igbo or whatever movie you're watching. Like that. Don't just get money and become rich and live happily ever after. It doesn't just happen like that. No? Just like solid foundation takes time to build. You need time to build your wealth. And it's all about consistency in your investment habits. It's not only, not only about the amount, but just be consistent in, in investing, in building your portfolio, and learn how to live within your means. That's what I've learned. You know, you've seen people that when they start, when they start building, when they, when they start um, investing, say with 70K, 100K, 50K, and they're quite of age now. And you see their portfolio like, wow. And I, well, you cannot think, you cannot think, wow. Like, ah. I, know, I know someone that told me that said building this portfolio with 70,000 there. And this portfolio now I is like, wow. Wow. So I've learned that it's not only in the amount of your investment, but in the consistency of you doing it, right? And also, I would say, um, you, need, you can't achieve much without a goal. You need to set a financial goal for yourself. And goal could be anything, depending on where you are in life. Your goal could be um, getting to some amount in my portfolio, in my investment portfolio by the end of the year. It's a good one and it's valid. Your goal could be, I want my money to start, my money to start working for me. Still valid. Your goal could be, I want to achieve financial freedom by so-so time. They're all valid. 
it all depends on where you are, where, where you are in your stage of life. But you need, in that way, wherever you are, you need to set a goal. Without a goal, you can't achieve much. That's what I've learned. Thank you very, very, very much, ma. Thank you very much, ma. Um, now, for the person listening who is interested in getting a copy of your book, um, th- there might be two categories of people. One is people in diaspora, and another is um, people local in Nigeria or li- um, or people located in Nigeria. Uh, how can these two groups of people get a copy of your book? Simple as ABC. For my people that is in, in diaspora, it's on Amazon and Kindle. The book is on Amazon. People in UK, Canada, US. The book is on Amazon. And for people in Nigeria, the book is on Seller. Seller, is that an online platform or is that a physical bookshop? Well, it's, it's an online platform. Uh-huh. You can order through the online platform and it'll be delivered to you. So you drop your address. You, so we have, I have a, um, a partnership with a logistic company. It will deliver to you. They just tell you the cost of delivering and it will deliver to you. And also, even on Seller, there's an e copy. You don't need to. If you want the hard copy, you can you can buy the e copy. There's e copy on seller too. Or if you don't want to go to seller, you can just sign into my DM, my Instagram. Money talks at on, on money talks underscore with Ololade, and we can talk. We can talk and how to get the book across to you. All right, perfect. that's okay too for those in Nigeria. Okay. And and just to clarify, the seller is that um, www.selleer.com or what? Can you clarify this? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Perfect. S e s e l a r. Yeah. Oh, S e l a r. Okay. okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for that clarification. Okay. Now, um, just as we wind, as we bring the conversation to a close. What will be your final words of advice for the retail investor listening to you speak today? Mm, okay. I would say uh, it's never late to start, right? And like, uh, like I said earlier on, it's not in the amount you invest, but in the consistency of your investment habits. I also say uh, for the retail investor, learn to diversify as you grow your portfolio. So you can start small and be doing, I mean, investing in just, um, an inv- just one type of investment. But as you grow, you need to put your money into other types of investments to, you know, reduce your risk. Diversification reduces risk. So you put as you're growing, try to diversify. And also, compounding works, right? Learn to reinvest your return on your investment. It's very tempting to want to spend. Yeah, you invested, you want to take your returns out. But when you put it back, your money, you, 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 your money grows faster. Get, your rewards get better. So I would say compounding works. Learn to invest, the return on your investment, I mean. It's been an amazing time having this conversation and I really, really appreciate your eking out this time out of your tight schedule. You're welcome, Doc. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have... I hope we can have a conversation again on, on, on maybe at some other time if it's convenient by your schedule. Uh, maybe sometime in the future, if you don't mind. I'm always available at your service, my lord. <laughs> All right, perfect. 